Hey guys, well, welcome back. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Grace Podcast. We are on episode 10 and we have Skip Collins back with us again this week. If you missed last week's podcast, I really encourage you to go back. We looked at uh, the idea of the church and why has the church been responsible for so much pain and injustice and how we kind of deal with that. Uh, today, we're looking at this question, uh, how do I know the truth in a world of alternative facts? How do I know the truth in a world where it seems like there is no absolute truth anymore? Absolute truth kind of under attack however you want to view it. And um, and what do we do with that? Because there is this misinformation. We've got fake news. I think our world is more divided than ever before. We've got, you know, extremes and polarization and all this and social media algorithms that don't help us. Um, and so how do we navigate a world where it feels like uh, it's hard to find an anchor? It's hard to find sort of steady ground. And uh, we know that from the way we're wired neurologically, our brain doesn't like uncertainty. Uh, we like certainty, um, and that can be kind of uh, unsettling. So we spoke a little bit last week also about this idea of deconstructing, and it's kind of a buzzword right now in Christian circles. Um, and I know Skip did a great podcast. I encourage you, he's got a great podcast called uh, Deeply Spiritual and Rather Uncertain. No, wait, I got that. Yes, you got, you got okay, it. You got it. You got it. So Skip, welcome. Skip Collins used to work at Grace Army Church. He's now uh, retired and living in the States. So we're zooming from across the seas. But Skip, it's been great chatting to you last week, and I'm excited for today's conversation. So I'm going to kind of hand over to you, take it away. Uh, how do we handle truth in a post-truth world? Yeah, it's um, it's really a fascinating subject that I've dived into a lot. I I used to. There was a day um, that I, I I really believed that we could like know absolute truth. You know. Um, and, and I, let me, let me, let me back up and say, I do believe there is absolute truth, right? Yeah. I, I do believe in the concept of absolute truth. I'm just not sure I got absolute truth, right? <laughs> you know, it's out there. It's out there somewhere, but, but I, you know, I would stand up and say, you know, the Bible says this is true. I believe when the Bible says it, I believe it. That settles it. That Come settles on. it, you know, and it's like, okay, so which version of the English Bible are you talking about? And whose interpretation? And I, I came to understand that what I was saying was, this is what I believe the Bible says. This is how, this is how I interpret the Bible. Um, it's incredibly arrogant to think that I have the truth on this thing. <laughs> because, because let's just be honest, guys, the Bible isn't that clear. It, it, it's just not. If God was trying to give us a book that answers every question in an absolutely uncertain, undebatable way, he did a pretty lousy job of it <laughs> because there's so much there that we just that that we just and then and then read five different theologians, all of whom love God, all of who are trying to serve Jesus, love their neighbor, love God, make a difference. And they have five different interpretations of what that might be saying. And they're very different. So, so to realize, I think the first thing is that, that yes, truth is a thing, whether I really have it or not, that's a big question. But you said in the beginning, we want we want to point to something and say that's true because we want certainty. Yeah. Um, certainty is um, 
it's like we're addicted to certainty. We mm. need certainty in our life, you know? I mean, COVID came around and just took, everything went upside down. Yeah. Everything that used to be certain suddenly just wasn't anymore. And then, oh, the vaccine's coming. We can get back to certainty. Mm. The vaccine came and I still got COVID, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like certainty, they're just... It, Certainty is actually not a thing. Well, that's I think that's what I was going to say. It's almost like um, it's not that COVID brought uncertainty; it's that COVID exposed the uncertainty exactly. that was already that's, there and made us feel. Yeah, that's a much better way to say it. Yeah. Exactly, that's yeah. exactly right. That yeah. that this our need for certainty was just kind of blown all the heck yeah. um, when COVID came around. But we want truth because we want certainty. Mm. You know. And so, so people I've talked to before and I say, well, whose interpretation of the Bible? And it's like, but if I can't, if I can't trust this, where is, where is my certainty? Yeah. There's, um, there's a, a word that I learned. I don't know if you pronounce it umwelt or umwelt. Uh, it's U-M-W-E-L-T. It's this cool word. And they use it um, in biology or something, but they talk about how, a, a particular organism sees the world that they live in. It's their view of the world. So a dolphin, for example, sees the world very differently than an eagle sees yeah. the world, you yeah. know? And human beings, we have this as well. Yeah. We, we, see, we see the world differently because of the environment that we're in. So if you grew up in Umshlanga, you see the world differently than if you grew up in Kwamashu. Yeah. Or if you grew up in Velkum, or if you grew up in Alundi. You know, yeah. all these environments, we, we, we look at the world differently. And it influences yeah. how we read the Bible. Yeah, I remember someone saying, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly right. You know? and, we, and I would say, we see the Bible as we are. Yeah. In some respects. OK, yeah. you read. Oh, so we, we can only interpret it through through that. Yeah. I mean, if you me growing up in America, when I read the story of the Exodus and about how God freed the slaves, I see it one way. If if I was enslaved, yeah, I would see that story very differently. You know, yeah. Yeah. like God, where's the burning bush? Come and get me out of slavery. Yeah. Literal slavery. And yeah. so we, we interpret things, even the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians talks about the fact that we, 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 it's like we look into this mirror, but it's all foggy and we can't quite, we can't quite see everything, you know, that, that we don't, we don't get it all right. And so I think, I think that the first understanding of truth is to be able to say that there is truth. There is absolute truth. When, when the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, I believe Jesus is the truth. I don't know that I have all, you know, all truth. There's a wonderful corner on the market. <laughs> I, I don't have a corner. Exactly. That's a great way to see it. There's a, there's a great book by Jared bias. Um, I can't remember the name. It has something to do with love in it, but I think it's the first book he's ever written. Um, but he talks about three different kinds of truth. I found this incredibly helpful. So there is fact truth. Yeah. So there are some facts that we know are true. If I take my coffee cup and I drop it, it's going down. Yeah. And it's spilling coffee everywhere. That's a fact. You yeah. know, 
if Tom and I arm wrestle, Tom wins. That's a fact, right? There are certain facts, there are certain truth facts in this world that, that are just there, right? So that's, that's one kind of truth, right? Then there's a truth called meaning truth, Yeah. All right? That's different from fact truth. So my favorite line in my favorite trilogy, Lord of the Rings, which we've never used in, because Mark hates Lord of the Rings. No, but that's it's fun now. We're we good. We're good to best, go. Best Still movies, the best book ever, yes. <laughs> um, where Frodo's talking to Gandalf, and he says, I, he has this ring of power, and he says, I wish this ring had never come to me. I love this. And, and, and Gandalf says, so does, you know, but that's not for us to decide. Yeah, we can only decide what to do with the time we've been given, right? Okay. Now, did that happen? No, it's fiction. Yeah. Is it true? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So yeah. that's that's meaning truth. Jesus did it all the time. He told yeah. parables. Yeah. In his parables, did they happen? Were they fact? No. Were they true? Yes. Yeah. Right? So Good. so it that's that's like that's like meaning truth. Somebody once said um, the reason that fairy tales are so great is not because they tell us that dragons exist, but they tell us that dragons can be slayed. Yeah. You know, mm. and they're that. important because yeah. because dragons can be slayed. It's true. Yeah. You know, so there's meaning truth. And then there's wisdom truth. Mm. Wisdom truth is when I take um, meaning truth and I apply it to my life. Mm. So in a fairy tale, I learned that dragons can be slayed. So I go out to slay some dragons, right? Yeah. I make some changes in my life. Yeah. Um, I get the help that I need. I apply truth to, to my own life and, and it's wisdom truth. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take those three kinds of truth and you separate them, then, then we say, yes, there are some, there is some fact truth. Um, but but did did a fish really swallow Jonah? Is that fact truth or meaning truth? Mm. Does it matter? Let's get the meaning out of it. Yeah, you know? I mean, that story is more about uh, overcoming prejudice and racism. We end up fighting about whether the fish is real and miss the whole point of the story. Exactly, because we think if it's not fact, yeah, then it's not certain. Yeah, right. And it's quite interesting. I, I just read. I listened to a very interesting book. Um, I can't even remember what it was now, but he, he was saying that in, and there's a history to this because he obviously was, we went from, you know, lightnings caused by the thunder God to, oh, no, wait a minute. We actually now understand electricity. And in some ways we threw the baby out with the bathwater because we became so obsessed with the one type of truth, which was, you know, unless I can prove it and see it and quantify it, that's the only kind of truth. And he actually talks about how we split belief um, like suddenly, uh, you know, I believe this, but I can prove this. But actually, that was always one thing before that, you know, love. I mean, there's no, there's no, what is love? Is love, a, we all know love is true because we've felt it and it's moved us and we've made most of our decisions based on something. But it's very hard. You, there's no like quantum, yes, there's impulses in our brain that are sending signals. But I mean, love is more than that. And so it's these, we've got, we, we have kind of become obsessed with this sort of like quantifiable focal truth, this fact truth. And actually, there's a whole different kind of love there. Yeah. And so I, I think that's the I think that's the key when you talk about how divided we've become yeah. to to learn to understand that it doesn't all have to be fact truth. Mm. 
You know, there's there's meaning truth in this. So we we fight about where COVID came from, you know, and we fight about how well masks help. And we have these these long debates because we want facts. Give me facts because because facts are certainty and I want certainty. Mm -hmm. But what if we're just looking for meaning and we're looking for wisdom and truth Mm -hmm. as to how how I want to live this out in my life? It changes how we how we approach it. And, And going back to what we talked about last week, it changes the way the way um, the church teaches and, and, and how the church, because, because I think a lot of um, a lot of people that, that go through this deconstruction thing, they're, they're, they're starting to debate the fact truths, right? The things that we have said are fact truths. Mm, you know, now they Christian. Um, yeah. And let me be more controversial than did Jonah get swallowed by a fish? Did Jesus really die? Mm. Right? Did um d- was Jesus really born of a virgin? I mean, those things are dear to us in, in our evangelical churches, you know. Mm. But there are people that start to question those things, and, and we start to say, No, no, if you're questioning that, no, no, sorry. You mm. know, I'm gonna give you, I'll give you five books to read. But if you don't, if you come away from these books and you're still questioning that, you're really not part of us. You need to go somewhere else, you know. And the church doesn't give people space to to believe differently, to question things, to to say, no, I disagree with you, but let's go get a drink together. You know, it, it's it, it. Those kinds of days are 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 just going by the wayside. And yeah, I think and the church and needs and more and of that. Yeah. And there's a fear. I mean, again, the motivation there is fear, you know, because, you know, the whole like slippery slope argument and what, you know, now they're going to slide into this. Kind of, and, I, and I do think that, I mean, having um, deconstructed in my own way, you know, I think there is a really healthy and I loved your, your podcast on it from a framing it from a positive point of view that, you know, deconstruction is not a new idea. I mean, the reformation was deconstructed. We're always going to go through these cycles where we're questioning. And I remember someone saying to me that, you know, we all get gift. We, we might have been gifted a faith. You know, if my parents were had a faith, I was gifted that. And there's a beautiful gift to that. But at some point, that has to move from a gifted faith to an owned faith, where yes. I actually I actually believe this because I believe it, not because my parents have believed it. And that yeah. process is a painful journey. And I look, I do think you can deconstruct yourself out of faith, and I think it can be a place where you you've now taken every brick apart and there's nothing there, and that can be unhelpful. Um, I think, but there is also a healthy way to deconstruct and then reconstruct something beautiful that has far more flicks. I mean, Rob Bell years ago talked about the difference between a brick wall type of faith where you take one brick out, the whole thing comes down versus a trampoline type faith where you can take out a spring, test it, because actually it's not about the trampoline, it's about bouncing, you know, um, and that's yeah. But I love what you said, Skip, and um, I think it was a Dallas Willard clerk quote we spoke about mystery because what we're talking about here is mystery that we actually can't know everything and if we did we would be god um, yes but reframing mystery um i think you said it remind me of the quote mystery is not um, god being unknowable it's 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 yeah it's not it's not an unknowable god it's an endlessly knowable god yeah you know it's yeah. like an onion we we learn something about god we peel off a layer but there's more yeah. and and there's just more there's always more to god than we understand him you know yeah. and and it's this infinite knowability richard Rohr uses this term infinite, infinite knowability, knowability. Yes. I love that yeah that is that is just a mystery of who god is 
So, let me so when we embrace truth that way, it changes things. Yes, and, and it keeps us growing. Like you, I mean, you've got tattooed on your arm. If you're not dead, you're not done. It's almost like, you know, it's like, I know for me, when I did my master's, it's like the, the more I knew, the more I knew I didn't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I mean that in a beautiful way, because I feel like um, I'm, I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly learning. I love Jesus more now than I ever did before, but it, it's not the same love that I had before. And I, things that I thought I would never think, I now think. And it, it's this evolution. Now, I'm going to push back and, and, and we're running out of time, but we could go on here for, for ages. But Yes. So, so you're just saying. So, let's say someone's saying, "I'm, I'm deconstructing. I'm thinking. I have questions, and I'm, I'm wrestling with stuff." So, is, is there no, is there no way I can lay my, my? Is there no way I can stick my flag? Is there, no, is, is everything uncertain? Am I in this liminality all the way? Like, surely God would want us to have some sense of, like, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, because it just feels like, whoo, okay, you know, for some people that's really unsettling. Or do we just have to? Is maturity about learning how to live? with this <laughs> uh, um yeah I, I think i think that's that's certainly part of it because because i think we we long for certainty more than certainty really exists you know um and so so there's not a whole heck of a lot i can be i can be certain about these days and if we've learned anything through covid we've learned that you know that that there is this, and now we're talking about how do we live with COVID? How do we live with uncertainty, right? Uh, the, the ship's doing this. How do I, how do I get, how do I get used to that uncertainty? So I think there's an, there's an element of, of that being, being true, but, but I think at the same time, um, you know, in the deconstruction process, sometimes there are times like that, you know, I mean, I, I've been through that. I remember, um, really, really quickly when I was doing theological studies and I had to read through the whole Bible in a very short period of time, I finished the Old Testament and it was so violent yeah. and, and so bloody that I was just freaked out by it because you just read it day after day after day after day. Mm. And it's, it's like, yeah, my world, like, what am I going to do with this? Mm. Because, because does God command genocide? That's what I read, but I don't believe that. So mm. my whole world was like, whoa, this faith crisis of what do, what do I do with this? And there are times in our lives when we'll, we'll have those, those times, you know? Yeah. Um, but then as, as we're willing to process that and we're willing to read the book, even if we might agree with it, you know, yeah. we're willing to enter that struggle and that pain, things begin to come together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I talk a lot about deconstruction and then reimagining if this isn't yeah. true. So, so when I go through this process, okay, God can't be like that. So if God, it doesn't actually command genocide, then, then how do I reimagine this whole thing in, in light of that? And how do I go back and figure this, figure this out, mm, you know, you for it, me, because different lens now. Yeah, exactly. Because there are some things that I still know are true. I know that God has been with me, right? Yeah. So while this is all shaky, I can look back on 68 years of existence and say, no, 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 God has been here. You yeah. know, you, yeah. you can't convince me otherwise because yeah. God has been here. And that's you know? a different type of knowing to the fact knowing. That's that meaning knowing. That's that it, it is. It's just knowing. Yeah. It's like, can I prove it? No. But do I know it? You better believe I know it. Yeah. You know, it's wisdom truth as well. It's just it's there. I know it. And so there are some things that that ground me, I think, and um, I'll wrap up with this, because I know we need to wrap this up. And I think this will um, be a good way to say it. I think that what we believe 
we should believe passionately, right? I don't think we should be wishy-washy and say, I mean, you've been in debates with me. You know what I believe, I believe passionately, <laughs> all right? Um, and I, I, I believe in that. I believe that's important. But at the same time, there's a tension in this because I have to hold on to those things really lightly. Yeah. You know, well, it, it's about passion and humility. Yeah, that's good. It's about, it's about, it's about, this is what I believe, but I might be wrong. So let me listen to you. Yeah. Let me actually hear what you have to say, because you may have a point of view I've never seen before. I'll read the book. Another you know, book it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's passion and humility. And I think the way that we do this in our own lives, the way that we combat, you know, the dogmatism of always having to be right and all those things, the way we combat that is, is with passion and humility to be, to hold on to what, to believe it, but to hold on to it loosely um, and to be willing to listen to other people, listen, willing to grow um, Mm -hmm. and, and to move in a direction. And so, so that's what I would say is the answer to the, the division of the world. I can't fix the rest of the world, but I can fix me. Yeah. You know, passion and humility. Yeah, I love that. And I think you've done that incredibly well, Skip. Oh, um, thank you. Um, I really do. I love, um, I'll just, uh, if I can give a closing thought as well. I remember our lecturer talking about, um, he, did a, he did a cross and he said, you know, on the vertical, there's certainty and uncertainty. And on the horizontal, there's reasonable and unreasonable. And so that creates these four quadrants. And I think sometimes, um, we can, you know, we can be unreasonably uncertain where it's just like, okay, well, I, I can't know anything, so I'm not even going to try. Um, but he says, uh, and he says where we should be living is reasonable certainty, where we're, we, we know what we believe and why we believe it, and we're reasonably certain. But where I think a lot of Christians find themselves is we become unreasonably certain. Yeah. And I think that's where we become Beautiful. arrogant and, you know, dogmatic. And if you don't believe it, you're, you're either with us or against us. And so my heart, and I think what you're saying is that that passion and humility is, is about being in that reasonably certain space. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Skip. I love that. Thank you so love much that. for joining us again for another uh, podcast. Next week, Skip's going to be with us for one more podcast uh, as we're in this series asking for a friend and we're asking difficult questions. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, how can a good God allow suffering? And uh, Skip, when you've got the answer to that, let me know because <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk we next a- week. Have a good discussion next week. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thanks.